I do wholeheartedly believe that music making is happening. I feel like every child has some sort of a music making, and certainly the music consumption that happens almost every waking hour. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the stage, the official performing arts podcast of the NFHS. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and today I have the honor of speaking with Chiho Feindler, Chief Program Officer for the Save the Music Foundation. Chiho has been involved in music education for years and has even received the 2017 Casio Leadership in Music Education Award, which is a really, really great honor. Uh, Chiho, it's great to have you on today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. So to start us off, I love asking this question right off the bat. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up and how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so let's define child, right? Like my childhood seems to be like sort of a K-12 education and it's sort of a rooted that. Um, so I um, have been involved with playing in the band since I was in 12, uh, 12 years old. And I always had this notion of I love playing. I love making music, but I also wanted to, like something to be beyond and that music can be used for something for everybody, like that everybody can be involved. I didn't know what that job was, quite honest, honestly. So my high school teacher actually told me about a job as a music therapist or music therapy. Um, this is back in Japan where when, and I'm dating myself, when music therapy informa- uh, education wasn't really formally introduced in the uh, higher education so much. So she said, like, if you want to study this and something you're interested, you should go to the United States. So I guess as a child of, a, you know what I mean, a, a teenager, right, I didn't know what exactly it was, but I knew that was something that would kind of take me to what I wanted to do, which is to use the music as a tool to really help or work with people in addition to really performance and performing. Uh, so I guess the long written question, and I guess on brand, <laughs> to say that's what I wanted to do. And I guess uh, I you know, took different route, but I, I really truly can say that the job that I have is what really, I guess, is something that I didn't know what existed that I, I get to do now. So in, in high school, was there a specific activity that you love to do more than the others? And was that formative for you now? Like was band, obviously music and band were formative for your job now, but was there something that you liked better than any other activity? It's such a cliche and uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, um, on brand as well. But yeah, that was really the that band activity is what made me get up in the morning and leave earlier than any other kids so that I can go to the band room and then practice. And then, you know, eat lunch between classes so I can go back to the band room and then, and then practice and then, you know, uh, uh, performing together with, um, you know, you know, my band mates, I guess. Um, so sort of my college of oh, my high school, sorry, eight years and the middle school year has been really spent as a band. And I, I quite honestly can't remember any other things. <laughs> the band geek, you yeah. know, true and true, I guess. <laughs> We, yeah, yeah. You obviously wanted to, you knew that you wanted to go into music therapy as a, as a child and even through high school. Did you study music therapy in college or how did you eventually get around to doing that and being in music education? 
Yeah, I did. So um, I moved to the United States and I entered a college, uh, a, a very small liberal arts college in Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I did major in music therapy and minored in special education and uh, psychology. Um, and I played in every single performing arts organizations that you can think of because I was very fortunate to be in a very tiny, I think at the time, the school of 2,500 students, student body. I was a euphonium player, um, which I guess meant that, that I could be very versatile, like who knew? So I played in the band, of course, concert band, but I also played a lead trombone parts on euphonium in a jazz band and a gospel mm. band that they had. And I also sung in the trouble choir. So I did all of the performances at the level that the, all of the performance majors were. How was that? How was that move from Japan to Minnesota? Was was it a, just a culture shock, or like how how cold was it in Minnesota when you moved? Oh my gosh, it's so cold <laughs> that you can drive on the lake. Um, it's uh, you know, and I also am from uh, the second or third largest city in the country oh, yeah. in Yokohama in Japan, and then uh, you know Minneapolis is a city, but still, right? Uh, there was a lot of nature's and the 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 uh, sort of a you know a nice places to that i loved it i there was so much arts there um you know there i think i was told at least at the time they had the most number of theaters per capita in in town and you know the music making and you know i got to travel so many places i actually performed at the superdome in um, new orleans um uh you know uh, as a jazz band and and stuff like that so i really enjoyed every single um, opportunity and you know really deeply rooted in music and then uh, you know working with the professional musicians um, as well as the um, the places my euphonium teacher at a time was a contractor for Broadway shows that comes into town so he would take me to um, Broadway show pit and you know kind of just you know sitting with them and, and stuff like that so I was really very fortunate to be immersed with uh, everything that the school has to offer and more. How have you, you've already mentioned a little bit about your successes and your experiences in music. How, how have you sustained that success? Because now with the Save the Music Foundation, how have you sustained that success throughout your career? Yeah, so I certainly recognize and I, you know, uh, identify myself to be very unique in the music education world that I did not come from the music education world, really, right? I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't a music teacher and all of that stuff. And so I, whenever I introduce myself to whoever, I always say, like, I kind of consider myself a biggest cheerleader to the music educators and the educator, arts educators as a whole. So, um, in, you know, again, I'm very fortunate to have the job that is really is a passion of mine. So I think if there is any success, you know, and, and I'm airporting is just contributes to that, the fact that, that you know, I truly believe what we do and the, the advocacy of music education, the importance of music education is something that I truly believe. And, uh, you know, I'm not really faking it at any point, right? So <laughs> so that, uh, so maybe that's what contributes to success, if, if that makes sense. And also just along the way, I, I was just fortunate to meet with so many lovely amazing individuals and this counts as a from the students of course to the educators to the administrators to the community members you know who just you know ha just somehow have have the same goals same aspirations same passion 
So I think that if, if anything, that is my success that I get to meet with these people. Yeah. Have people inspired you to continue in music education or is that something that just, as you mentioned before, was just in, it was just a burning desire in you from, from a young age? I think all of the above, uh, you know, the, the reason why I wanted to go to music therapy in, in first place was my own brother um, who has a special needs. So I was in, uh, around the, the people with a special needs and uh, the, you know, really firsthand seeing that, uh, you know, the people who really reacting to music in such a pure, you know, positive, exciting and reinforcing in so many levels. Um, as well. So I always kind of had this notion of music shouldn't be restricted to a certain view, um, both consuming, but also making music. That's so inspiring. And thank you for sharing that. I, I did not know that. So that's really, that's really fascinating to know. But today, I would really like to focus on music and music education and how that can prepare students for life, whether it is through music therapy, or if it's performing on stage. Uh, so I think it's important to begin by asking you this question, what's the most important thing, most important aspect of music education? I actually do believe that the most important aspect of music education is the process, not so much of the performance on stage, mm. but just to get to the performance on stage. So it could be a kindergartner's in a, in you know uh, singing a nursery rhyme, but they have to learn the words, they have to learn the rhythm, they have to learn the movements along with their peers, all the way up to right the the marching band and then performing in that the you know Macy's parade. But and again, there is the process that got there, and that community that was created to 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 in order to get there. And then beyond, um, I do believe that. So, um, again, just not to be so cliche about it, but then the kind of a music uniting, you know, the power of music uniting it all, but really that, right, and using that music as a tool to be, you know, to learn about. But again, really, I think we really focus a lot on the performance that happens, but I really think that we should be also talking about the process that happens to it. Mm, yeah, I've never thought about that. Like, the someone's whole life is kind of like a process just going through different stages of music and music education. So I'm glad you brought that up and I really like that point. So on the kind of on the flip side of that, what's the most important issue of music education? Right now, again, I really do fear that the music is getting reserved to be the certain for the certain few. So sort of like, my, you know, why I wanted to go into this, because I didn't want to see that the music to be reserved by the certain few. Um, I say that because, you know, it could be a lack of resources for the students. And in, in this case, the students, no matter where they live, no matter where, where they go to school, you know, it will be uh, sort of criminal that, that, you know, certain students can have the great instruments and a great lessons and a great educators and then some students don't, right? So again, I, I really do fear that music is viewed as an elitism or something that, that only you know certain people get to do. And, and that really translates to, in the long run, um, you know, we're already talking about the shortage of teachers and it will be even further more shortage of teachers because if we don't have the basic, right, the starting point of the number of students making music or access of making music, um, and quality music making and quality process making, let's just call it that, right? 
and you know how do they get to that mm-hmm. right that that sort of a so-called music teacher life right that the the sort of life of uh, or whatever the the pathway right um so that's that's really the fear again really kind of you know is this because we focus so much on the performance that, that you know the only the best players get to do you know whatever again we really want to kind of make sure that we are uh, uh, focusing on the process and then the, the you know access and all of that stuff look i don't you know uh, um, maybe it's not for everybody but one a child may not even know that it is for them unless they try it or they have an access to it as you hear more about teacher shortages and even band or uh, music programs that are you know dissolving pretty much what steps do you or can anyone take in in trying to save save that band or music program yeah, I think it's just the uh, awareness, and and then we should be really talking about it uh, a lot more. Yeah. Um, of the of it, you know, I think that, that we take it for granted that the math is there, English is there, science is there, gym is there, right? And then I think a lot of cases, and and so many of us, and then I'm counting myself, who gets to live in the suburban kind of a you know middle class uh, a neighborhood where the, having the music access is a given thing. But I think we should really recognize that there are population, there are uh, areas, um, of places that music is not so accessible. Like the California, they were you know going on the ballot this November to make sure that the arts education is accessible, and there we see that the, you know even the elementary music education is something of a luxury, and it's really hard to believe you know somebody who lives in Northeast like I do to say what you don't have a music in you know elementary school right? So I think there's a lot of awareness and uh, uh, of what is and what is not there and then uh, just many of us are talking about it so again not just to see oh look at that marching band and then that's great but also right go all the way down to the elementary or even the early childhood education and having that access to of the education music education mm. what what practical steps does the save the music foundation take when when you hear about that yeah, so we always encourage, you know, uh, so we sometimes get, you know, the email and say like, hey, our music program is uh, is dying. Can you send Beyonce to talk in the school board meeting? <laughs> and we always say, well, you know, I, I, I think, but really the power is the parents and yeah. the community members who live in the community, who are the voters of that school board members and, you know, uh, and, and deciding it, really the visibility as well. And we always say that, that uh, yes, you know, advocacies tend to happen when something goes wrong, but advocacy is an, a day-to-day, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's not even a marathon, it's a walk, a long walk that people should be doing all the time. So it's not just that only the time that, that you know, the, um, the list of teachers that include music teachers to be next on the school board agenda, but, you know, we should be having the... the, the elementary school chorus, you know what I mean, uh, performing it or inviting and inviting the uh, uh, school members to the music room, so the community, you know, places like that. I always also say, you know, you should always thank the elected officials and the, or the, the policymakers 
and invite them to activities that they were doing. And it doesn't have to be a performances, um, uh, you know, especially in the last couple of years when everything shut down on, uh, and many of the learning happened in Zoom. I encourage teachers to invite others to join the Zoom um, uh, room and see it's, it's happening. And then third, they ask ask happens at the third, right? And and say, you know, increasing the funding or making sure the teacher stays and all of that stuff. And just really mobilizing the parents and the, again, the community members. Because I know some certain states, they can't really advocate for music education, for instance, like educators may not be able to do that. But again, just the power of the communities, which are the parents and, and just, you know, and really the communicating what happens and what goes on. So, I mean, kind of the whole point of this uh, episode is to talk about how music prepares students for life. So I'm just going to ask you, how does music prepare students for life? Um, again, the, you know, we really now, the, the word resilience has come through so much, right? It's of the, all the trauma that we went through. And then I really do believe that the music prepares that. Mm. You know, you have to, again, you know, kind of going back to the, you have to perform this really hard section. It doesn't happen over time. And, you know, you do it, you do it, you do it. It gets better and better and better. And then you finally get it. But, you know, at the same time, you always get it at the yeah. end. You know what I mean? Yeah. You always are getting improved of it, right? So that that repetition that's reinforced by the satisfaction of making the sound and the beautiful arts to it, right? I really do believe that. And also the um, the really the this again the sense of communities that, that each of us gets to create as part of the ensemble. In the, in this case ensemble. You do have to communicate with them um, verbally but many times non-verbally you know right when you're performing and and stuff like that so i think there is that uh, a lot of um uh, skills that you know in some way i wonder if people can measure that um i was speaking with another, a, a person who is a special education teacher in high school and she didn't know what i did for a living or anything like that she just they said to me like, oh, I wish my, you know, I hope my daughter goes in the band because, you know, all of the band kids that I see in high school are so nice. And I thought that was kind of a great statement, right? Um, again, she had no idea what I do and I never told her. But, you know, so she was like, I want that for my child because I see all of the band kids, there's no exceptions, you know, are so, so great. And, you know, to my students and, you know, how they get involved and stuff like that. So I thought it was really great. Yeah. Yeah, I love the points of resilience and like repetition and a sense of community that you brought up because that's it's so important not just in band and music, but it's important in life. Like you need to have that in order to succeed, you know, whatever success looks like to you, but in every every job, every career you need that in finding, you know, community and finding long-term success down the road and you know i may add that that I, I i tend to kind of speak about the instrumental music and ensemble but it really does happen in even the music uh, well i should say even uh, with the music technology field as well right there is a lot of spaces where they are making the, the 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 piece of music together and one person is doing the beat and one person you know all of that and that sharing of it that happens uh, through that as well 
um, to, of course, the choir and, you know, all of that level. So again, really just really focusing on the process, right? In, in order to produce a song, a lot of students have to do a lot of things and that learning that happens throughout. For teachers or parents or administrators that are going to try to convince or, um, I don't know if convince is the right word, but they, they want their students to go in, get into music and be lifelong musicians. What advice would you give them in trying to get their student involved in music? I think let them try, right? Let them try so many different things because, again, the music can, is not defined by one thing. That's also the, the great things about it. If the, the string, you know, uh, instrument is not maybe for that person, it may be the band, it may be the choir, maybe the music technology, right? Um, again, it's the options that the students may be able to, to create. Look, I do wholeheartedly believe that music making is happening. And I, and, and I feel like every child has some sort of a music making and certainly the music consumption that happens almost every waking hours we may not see that in the music room, you know, so that's an issue, right? So like just making sure that, that everybody has an access to or the access that the students wants to join in as well. So I think that we can't really say that, oh, you're not making music because they are, or you're not liking the music because they do. But again, just kind of a fostering that the, the process of the making music or that, that they are right, they are their level, their comfort of the making music, which may not look like that winning band. Yeah, I love those points. And as we start to wrap up today, I wanted to ask you this final question, because I think it pertains to not just preparing students that are involved in music for life, but in music programs in general, how can we improve music education? And specifically, how can we better advocate for music yeah and again i don't want to sound like a broken record but just really honoring all of the music making the music making process that happens and recognizing and valuing um, um, all of that as well um so and again i i get it that the one you know maybe small school cannot do everything but there is a lot of resources and I do like to believe that a lot of resources within the community that may be available and working with the community there's the cultural bearers you know in the communities and you know it could be all that but and of course an educate as an educator you know I think it's it's um, uh, you know whatever that they could offer and then we uh, even with the Save the Music Foundation right we are the as a part of the community villagers that can support it. So I think it's just anything, uh, you know, all of us to have the common goal of supporting the students to have a great music learning experiences. I think that might be maybe one of, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, good solutions. And I know it's, uh, you know, I, I, we get to, we as a Safety Music Foundation get to work with so many different cities at large cities as well as the rural communities like state of West Virginia or Mississippi Delta areas and stuff like that. So we see um, uh, in so many levels. At the same time, again, I really do believe, you know, the kids are making music, kids are consuming music. Communities music, you know, communities are making music and communities are consuming music. So I think there is a lot of, you know, something to be said about working with, you know, the ecosystem, the, the village um, that can build around it to support in so many levels. 
Yeah. I, I've only been in the music world for a short period of time. Uh, but the support that I have noticed, like you, like you just mentioned, is great. It's, it's amazing to see more organizations and schools and administrations just working together to, to support and advocate for music. And it's a big deal. And it's, it should be a big deal for everybody involved. Yeah, and I will say this where, you know, I'm so honored to be doing some of the policy work alongside with many of the national organizations like NAM Foundation, National Association for Music Education. And, you know, I get uh, next week, I'm actually going to be in D.C. visiting the congressmen and women and the senators. And, you know, and it doesn't matter the letter of the party that they represent or whatever right. the, the, right. the voting records that, that they have, you know. <laughs> they always have a music story mm. and they may say oh you know i'm not i'm a horrible singer i can never write but then i like this or my grandkids did this or my nephew did this or you know my mom was whatever so i think there is that uniter right if we can kind of get those people to talk about it in, in enthusiastics about music i think there's you know all of us have stories just like this special ed teacher, right, um, who said about the band students to, you know, to the all of the way up to the elected officials. So I do believe that there is uh, 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 still the um, potential, like, uh, you know, the, the certain great power of music that we may have not been unlocked. Yeah, that's great. But Gio, I do really appreciate you coming on today. What you're doing in music education is so inspiring to all of us. Um, any last thoughts before we close down today? No, thank you so much for all of the NFHS did. Um, I just really wanted to thank um, uh, them um, for leading the aerosol study, which really got us through. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to really thank them for their leadership and uh, uh, what they did to get us through the, the COVID time. We're still in the COVID time, but we're certainly making, you know, it could have been much worse if it wasn't that leadership that happened. So thank you. Of course. Well, as always, for all the listeners out there, please remember to leave a rating and review on the podcast. It really helps us out, even if you share it with one student, administrator, teacher. Uh, it really goes a long way for us. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope to catch you next time on the stage. <laughs>